first episode of Lyrics for Lunch. It's a little podcast that tells you the hidden meaning behind your favorite songs. I'm your host, Lindsay Tucker. I'm a journalist, and I'm also working on a book about patriarchal microaggressions. I'm joined here today with my co-host, Aviv Rubenstein. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Lindsay. I am apparently the king of patriarchal microaggressions. I am also a musician, a songwriter, and a writer of, of stage and... Nope. A uh, writer of film and TV, and I teach about writing and memorize more lyrics than I probably ought to. Okay, I'm not going to tell you that that was shit, but it wasn't like that much above the shit spectrum. Great, this is all staying. <laughs> what do we have on tap today, Lindsay? Today we're going to be talking about the song "The Way" by Fastball. Where were they going without 
I love this song. Fastball was formed in Austin, Texas in 1995. So, 1995, fifth grade. Great year. You were in fourth grade. Okay. What? (laughs) In 1995, I was in fifth grade. That's when Fastball was formed in Austin, Texas. And then what happened to them? Well, do you re- what do you remember about them? Um, I remember that they kind of came alive, had this big hit with The Way in like 1998. I was in seventh grade. There was a video on MTV. It was on basically every rock and alternative radio station. They never, they had a couple more singles after that, specifically I'm an Island, You're an Ocean, Come On Baby, What's the Commotion? I don't know any of and, these. Um, <laughs> Well, that's one song. Oh, okay. That's like a lyric. I think it's just called the ocean. And then there's one other one one other song. They they were they were kind of like the the knockoffs of like the Wallflowers or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Like the '90s alt rock thing that was going. on. I thought on. about the Wallflowers when I was researching this a lot. I kept thinking about One Headlight, but we'll find out why later. Yeah, I was like, I was like, is this like One Headlight? Yeah. <laughs> Um, great. So Fastball was a trio. It consisted of singer bassist Tony Scalzo. Singer bassist? Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Very nice. Him and Sting. Hot. And Phil Linett from, from Thin Lizzy. I don't know him. Is he hot? He was hot. He's dead now. Oh. R.I.P. He's, he's a, a black dude who's also Irish. Like, he's an Irish black dude. He has so freckles. Like, he doesn't, I know. I don't think he had freckles, but he, you know, he looked kind of like Jimi Hendrix or something. Like he had like mm-hmm, he was like mm-hmm. light skin had like really kind of loose curly hair, he was great. The Thin Lizzy rules. You heard it here first. I thought you were going to do great. like a Thin Lizzy cover band or something. Uh, I, I'm starting a band called Thick Lizzy. Okay, okay. Still waiting for that. Yeah. Well, me too. As soon as the pandemic ends, I will be in a band called Thick Lizzy. Cannot wait. We we also might just be called Steely Danielson. Ooh. Well, this is this is off the rails already. Okay, so there are three piece singer yep. bases. Mm-hmm. Then we had singer guitarist Miles Z- Zuniga, and then drummer Joey Sheffield. So all of them were in their thirties when the way made it big. So Aviv, wow, yeah, I only have five more years to be around when fastball made <laughs> made their bones. Yeah, no, don't worry, you're right on time. Oh, thank you. How many studio albums do you think they have? So my guess is, so so the way was on an, an, a record called "All the Pain Money Can Buy," and if they, if that was in ninety, not ninety eight, my guess is that was their second or third studio album, and so I'm gonna guess five. So you were right that it was their second, mm. but it they have seven. 
studio albums. They have seven studio. Wow. One they as recently like, as 2019. Are they still jamming the out? The Help Machine. I guess. Which The Help Machine. Well, I need a lot of help, so I think I should look that one up. <laughs> Probably. Um, they originally named themselves Magneto USA and put out a single called Human Torch in 1995. There's a real, there's a real Marvel Comics connection in this episode. Right? Talked about Spider-Man, Magneto, and the Human Torch. Right out the gate. I even wrote in my notes right now, Marvel Crosstalk. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so natural how they're doing it, but this is all planned. What was it called? Magneto and the Human Torch? Magneto USA was the band, and their first single was called Human Torch. Ah, how about that? So when they signed with Disney's Hollywood Records in the, I don't know if it was late 95 or early 96, but that's when they changed their name to Fastball. Right. To avoid being sued, I'm assuming. Probs. Unclear. Probs. Um, so now we're just going to take a little detour down memory lane from um, Hollywood Records, which was launched by Disney in 1989, and it was immediate flop. It's like the first thing Disney ever touched that just turned straight to shit. So Hollywood Records was their label? Yes. Okay. 1998 LA Times article called it the laughingstock of the record industry. Amazing. So their infamous low point came in June of 1997 when they canceled the release of an explicit insane clown posse album. Mm. Uh, The album is called, and I'm probably going to butcher the third word, The Great Malenko. What is that? I don't know. I'm not a big insane clown posse (laughs) person. However... Have you seen the documentary, the the YouTube documentary on the Insane Clown Posse? I no, but I want to. I've always been fascinated it's, by freaks. It's well, listen. First of all, <laughs> I don't think you want to be talking that kind of trash around the juggalos and the juggalettes. Um, no, it's a. It's like someone went to an Insane Clown Posse festival and. Um, interviewed their fans and one of them the 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 standout is some guy going magnets how do they work um that's like one of the only things i remember but i also remember that my friend rachel who is fabulous and we should have you should have her on the show um she is a so she told me that there is uh there are two types of female insane clown posse fans there are juggalettes who are the classier ones and then there are juggahos no and she she considers herself a juggaho. When are you going to write a song about this? I I feel like I might get sued by the insane clown posse. Mm, did they say juggahos TM? Juggahos TM. I'm I'm sure. You know I don't know if I could do it justice. So they're they're cool. They're cool. I don't. They're not my type type of music, but I respect the hell out of them. Okay, so we're cool with these peeps. But they canceled. So so Hollywood. So Disney was gonna release an insane clown posse record. <laughs> yeah, is that what we're saying? Yeah. So it was called the Great Malenko Malenko. No fucking I think idea. <laughs> yeah, Malenko sounds right. So a few hours after it released, it was released. A hundred thousand copies had been shipped to the stores. So you know your neighborhood whiz had all of its copies of Insane Clown Posse, and then the record label claims that they just got a whiff of what was actually on the album a couple hours later after 130 copies had been sold how do you not realize uh, okay sure so they pulled it from the shelves they canceled the band's 25 city tour for not being family friendly i feel like if you're representing a band that's wearing killer clown makeup and self-identifies as an insane posse maybe you should just kind of look Mm -hmm. into what's going into the material 
Especially at this point. So like Disney is the biggest company in the world right now. But like in 98, they had like a very specific brand. Right. It was like Buena Vista Television, Disney Films, and like I, like Kids Bop. Like I don't know what the hell they're doing getting close to, to the Insane Clown Posse. The Southern Baptist Convention had voted to boycott Disney because of this record release. But mm. Hollywood Records execs, including Michael Eisner, claimed that the decision had nothing to do with that and instead nothing. said... Unfortunately, our internal review process did not initially flag the album and allowed it to proceed. Okay. Okay, so Fastball was like the saving grace for Hollywood Records because... Poor guys. They were literally on the down and out. There was rumors that they were going to shut it down. Yeah, it wasn't looking good. So when Fastball's hit single, The Way, reached number one, this was June of 98. It was the... And so it saved Hollywood. Basically. Hollywood Records. Yeah. Amazing. Um, their 1996, just for no- your notes, debut album, Make Your Mama Proud, sold fewer than 3,000 copies. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then, um, it's more copies than of a record than I've ever sold. Well, you're not out of Disney records yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, all the pain money can buy went platinum. Yes. Ba- on the back of this song. Yeah. Cause yeah. there were other singles that I hear in like the grocery store. And they're n- none of them did the did the numbers that the way did. No, right? Okay, so big moment. What is the song about? Do you want to do a dramatic reading of the lyrics? Yeah, I can do a dramatic recitation of the <laughs> lyrics because I loved this song so much as a kid that I still still remember all of the from memory. All of the okay. Yeah, so you'll, so you'll have to trust me that I'm doing this from memory and not reading them. The lyrics go, They made up their mind and they started packing. They left before the sun came up that day and exit to eternal summer slacking. But where were they going without ever knowing the way? Do you want me to keep going? I do. They drank up the wine and they started talking, but now had more important things to say. Uh, they just drove off. Did, uh, and when the car broke down, they started walking. But where were they going without ever knowing the way? anyone can see the road that they walk on was paved in gold it's always summer they'll never get cold they'll never be hungry they'll never get old and gray you can see the shadows wandering off somewhere they won't make it back home but they really don't care whatever they wanted the highway they're happier there today 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 <laughs> that that's that's the song Great. What, what was the question what is the song about so i know from like being alive Wait, you loved this song in seventh grade I loved it. So I want to um, know everything about seventh grade Aviv and this song. I was just kind of getting into music in seventh grade and listening to the whatever was on the radio. Um, and and this, you know, I was kind of indiscriminate with like, you know, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boy, like it was all kind of it was it was all music, right? In, in the TRL days, you would have like a like an in sync video next to a corn yeah. video, you know. Yeah. And so this song really like got its got its hooks into me because it was so catchy, um, and I was I couldn't really like sing it. Like there was like no, nowhere for me to to express my um, love for the song. I didn't buy the single, but at that time, I I I got kind of into the indie rock thing based on some stuff that my friends were listening to. So I, I, my friend Andrew Joss, uh, hi Andrew, if you're listening, 
um, was really into Everclear, specifically that song Father of Mine, which is another power rock pop trio. And so I bought so much for the Afterglow and Seventh album. Grade, which is every song my is good. First, every song is good. <laughs> and and that was the first album that I like bought with my own money. And so like them and Fastball are are, are very close kind of cousins. Yeah, so just like hooky, poppy, clever, and the the kind of so like the 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 musicality of it is a little like westerny, a little there's like this cool kind of tremolo guitar solo. It it provides an air of mystery that the lyrics also whatever. Enhance enhance or it, it enhances the lyrics or the lyrics enhance it. That was around the time of like Chumba Wumba oh, and yeah. Harvey Danger. Yeah, good stuff. Really, really liked Harvey Danger. Flagpole Sitta. Flagpole Sitta, which was like another huge one-hit wonder. And there's they are still making music, or they were recently. So once again, what was the question? So what is the song about? The singer Miles, um, singer bassist, read Joe. a Joe an ar- Yep, Joe. Great. Read an article about. St- uh, like a couple who just packed up and drove out into the desert and died and like left left all of their family and belongings behind and was like kind of intrigued by that story and wrote this song about them. Yes, mostly true. Mostly true. Yeah. The song is written about Leela and Raymond Howard. They were both in their 80s at the time of their disappearance. So Leela was 83 and oh Raymond God. was 88. So they got lost heading to a festival, Pioneer Day. It's called Pioneer Day in Texas. So they lived in Salida, and this was in Temple, Texas. So they were driving. So the reports vary. They say it was either between 10 miles and 17 miles. Like the shortest one I've seen was, oh, it was just 10 miles away. And then the longest one I saw was, oh, it was 17 miles away. So so what I'm getting already is that it was not purposeful. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, always, I always thought that it was, they did it on purpose. Yeah, actually, um, fun fact, I have actually never seen Thelma and Louise, and I was like, oh, I should watch that. <laughs> I've never seen it either. Um, it reminded me of them, but like a little different. <laughs> but like an elderly couple. <laughs> it's Brad Pitt's first movie. Was it? Wasn't he in? Uh, I know that he was in. What was Brad Pitt's first movie? According to the Internet Movie Database, Brad Pitt's first movie was. Oh, wow. Hunk in 1987, where he plays Boy at the Beach. Hot. So he's. He is uncredited. He's basically like an uncredited extra in Hunk, No Way Out, No Man's Land, Less Than Zero. He played Randy on four episodes of Dallas, an episode of 21 Jump Street. Um, He was in a TV series called Freddy's Nightmare. The first movie that he has a name in, like a a character name, is uh, called Cutting Class from 1989, where he plays Dwight Ingalls. Oh, he is so a Dwight Ingalls. Oh, yeah, Dwight. (laughs) Um, The top three build actors in Cutting Class are Donovan Leach Jr. Don't know him. Jill Skolin. Skolin. Don't know her. Brad Pitt. And Roddy McDowell from the Planet of the Apes movies. Wow. We need a reunion of that. 
Yeah. Cutting class. And so it, <laughs> as as he became a bigger and bigger now he's on like all of the posters for cutting class, but I'm I'm sure back then it was not the not the same. It's like a it looks like a schlocky horror movie. Fun. A murderer is loose in a high school in this Who Done It movie. Oh my god, I definitely want to watch that tonight. Rospo Pallenberg directs. <laughs> I think you should it's have signed on, that. It's on Showtime. Perfect. What okay. were we talking about? So this very elderly couple decides to go to Pioneer Day, which is mm-hmm. somewhere between 10 and 20 miles from their home. Now, their children speculate that Leela had Alzheimer's and because she was starting to show signs of memory loss, her daughter on an interview said like, oh, she would be cooking something and then we would go and do something else. And I would say like, oh, mom, I'm just going to go check on your macaroni. And then she would be like, what? I'm not cooking macaroni. So she just wasn't remembering stuff. And then Raymond had just had some kind of brain surgery. Whoa. Yeah. So he's still recovering from brain surgery. I'm going to send you their photo. Am I going to be sad about it? I hope not. They're, it's not like they're death portraits. <laughs> death portraits? <laughs> Okay, so this is a picture of the Howards. The Howards. It's just like a couple of super old folks. She's got like big hair and grandma glasses. He's got like a high and tight with grandpa glasses and big ears. She looks banging for 83. Come on, look at that hair. I mean, banging is a, is a lot. Well, to, if we gave her say. a like quick makeover. What is this like brooch thing that she has on her forehead? Oh, she is absolutely wearing a black fur hat. Oh, that's a black fur hat. I thought that that was her hair. I did too, until I kind of like moved my screen closer to my eyes. You can tell she has brown hair because you can see her roots. It's probably dyed. Well, yeah, but she's old. Yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. Okay. So they're like a couple, they're like, they're like a couple that you would see in like a, a soldier's pocket after he's killed on the battle. They're like, they look very American. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they these two were late and late lovers. They were each other's second spouse, and they bonded mm. over their love of church. Um, okay. <laughs> so I find this really sweet that they were these late and late lovers. It reminds me of my Nana, who got married to her husband, Donald, when I was probably like seven or eight years old, and they met at square dancing. So Square dancing? Yeah. So they are huge so square dancers. Th- my grandfather mother and grandfather step grandfather did the same thing they were late in life lovers um lovers is a weird thing to say about your own grandma um, let's normalize um, old people sex okay mm, I'm, I'm good I, i'm good with old people sex just not like them they were both kind of like meatball shaped okay i'm gonna um, unhear that keep going my my grandpa moish was like a turtle anyway um yeah, and so and they met like at synagogue or something. So it's like, yeah, the, but bonding over their love of church—that's like love of, I don't know, air. Like it's like very weird to be like, you like church? I also like. Well, church. you know, they like so. With same thing with my nana and Donald, they like go to these church functions all the time. So they're going to church dinners and square dances and garage sales so my nano like decided she wanted to try square dancing and someone was like oh i know a single chap who would love to do square dancing with you 
a single chat. <laughs> so they became square dancing partners and then they fell in love. And now they're very active people. They um, they volunteer at the hospital together and they square dance. I mean, COVID has been really hard on them and really hard on my Nana's health because I think what kept her going was being so busy. She was just always go, go, go. And she's actually had a lot of health issues during COVID. And I honestly think it's because she's just staying at home. But she hasn't taken to the highway yet. Fingers crossed. Okay, so I'm going to read you the lead from a July 2nd, 1997 story in the Austin American Statesman. This was the first story, and it was titled, Elderly Salido Couple Missing on Road to Nowhere. Mm. So this was the first in the developing story that would actually go on for four weeks. Leela and Raymond Howard are on a four-day trip into thin air. The Central Texas couple, in their 80s, with diminishing health, somehow have turned a 15-mile journey for a cup of coffee and a party into a 500-mile-plus misadventure with no known destination. Oh. Wait, you said that this was a four-week story? This story went on for four weeks. What? I mean, like, pre-9-11 news cycle, but still, like, four weeks is a lot. And also now I'm questioning this because I know for a fact they were missing for 13 days, which is not four weeks. But I bet you they were like reporting after the fact, like they, they were probably in yeah, the news. Yeah, stories about yeah, the story. Yeah. Wait, but, but wait, 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 wait. They were missing for 13 days. Did they find them? Did they find their bodies? I'm not going to tell you yet. Oh, I want to know. Good. All right. So that day, that very day that they left, Leela's son, Hal Copeland, asked to drive them to Pioneer Day. They, they said, said no. He quoted them as saying, we know where to go. They were, they were knowing the way. Right? So the first stop they made was at their local Walmart for a cup of coffee. They always got their coffee there. Yum. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know Walmart sold coffee. Me either, but I did know that they had like um, Subway. Maybe it was like a Subway coffee kind of thing. Even back then, you think Walmart had Subway? I don't know. This is this is unimportant. Tangential. To the overall story. Erroneous. Um, so a greeter recalled seeing them before they hit the road. So we have little markers where we have a few people in the course of three days who saw them. So the first person that saw them was this greeter at Walmart. By nightfall, they'd made it to Logan County, Arkansas, which, according to my Googling, is 452 miles from Salido and seven hours and a 15 minute drive without stopping. How do we know this? I'm about to tell you. Oh, my God, the story. <laughs> so in Arkansas, they got pulled over for driving without headlights on. With mm. no headlights. This is interesting because it's another great example of the absolute incompetence of the American police force and its biases. Oh, okay, tell me about the biases. Leela was driving. Okay. And she supposedly took two whole minutes to pull over while the deputy had his headlights on, like or his flashing lights. His flashers on, yeah. And when she spoke, she told him they were heading toward Texas, which they were not. And when he asked her where does she live, she could not remember. So he let them go. Wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's like, that's like, okay, <laughs> heading toward Texas, and but not actually heading toward Texas. Like that to me, okay, like uh, maybe, I for, maybe he gets back in his car and lets them drive away before he realizes that, he, they're, that they're going the wrong way. Fine. But like, where do you live? I don't know is fucking suspicious. Yeah, dude. Like, like, like maybe they committed a crime. Maybe. So later he told the news that she was kind and gentle and acted just like my grandmother. Oh, God. Okay. Great. Hmm. <laughs> 
This is like that old riddle about the the woman who like kills her husband and then feeds his body to the cops or whatever. This is a riddle. I think it's like one of those one of those like old tall tales. Mm, I like it. Okay. I'll figure I'll figure Tell out. Tell me more. <laughs> I think that's I think I just told you the punchline. <laughs> okay. Uh well I'm still interested. <laughs> Cop cannibalism. Take, taking notes. <laughs> yeah. You and Army Hammer. Friend of the show, Army Hammer. Friend of the show, Army Hammer, two cannibals, me and Army. Okay, so somewhere between 30 minutes and an hour later, the Howards got pulled over again. This time for driving with their high beams on. How do you get pulled over? I mean, like, aren't you just kind of like a dick if you do that? Is that like illegal? They were probably driving for a while. Really slow in the highway with their high beams on. Unclear. Well, there's just a winning with these cops. No headlights, lots of headlights. (laughs) Right. What do they want? What do they want? It's like Goldilocks, but for fucking headlights. I told you, I don't know where I live. Um, So again, this this different deputy sends them on their way. As far as I know, this is the last time they were seen alive. Mm, 13 days later. So they had a cat named Happy. Uninterested. Go on. My childhood best friend had a cat named Happy, but... Was your childhood best friend like an old lady? Live up to her namesake. (laughs) Alternate reality live. So I guess one of the newspaper articles at the time referenced their cat Happy waiting for them at home and how their kids had left the porch lights on for them so it wouldn't look so lonely over there. Oh, that's sad. I know. Okay, so this next bit came from the True Music Facts Wednesday blog, which I found to be extremely reputable when fact checking it. Oh. Yeah. I was about to I was about to make a snide comment, but I guess I was wrong. Um so the person who wrote this blog paid $6 to get all of the um articles that were behind the paywall. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, dude. Um yeah, everything I fact check was right on point. So uh, for two weeks, this reporter, Denise Galmino, she was the one that wrote um, the earlier lead that I read to you. So she right. was the one following the story and um, for the uh, Austin American Statesman. And this is a recap of some of that reporting from the True Music Facts Wednesday blog. By the 9th, the Howards had been missing for 11 days. The story had been reported on CBS's morning news show, and it had made it to page A1. Under the headline, Couples Home Holds No Clues, The newspaper reported that the couple had laid out several changes of clothes on the bed and that the television had been unplugged from the wall. It also included some sad details about the couple's mental decline. For example, one day Leela phoned her son explaining that they had just been to Walmart for their coffee and breakfast, but they were concerned that the sun was not up yet at 10.30. It was 10.30 p.m. Why is this so sad? Why why you gotta do this to me? I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, It's going to get better. I've saved the very best thing for last, so just hang in there. Okay, I'm listening. Um, We're not there yet, though. Shit! This whole time, Fastball's lead singer, Tony Scalza, was following the story in the newspaper. He told Austin's KVUE, I started getting these ideas, like maybe they didn't want to be found, like they're sick of being responsible and they just want to go out and have fun. He says he finished most of the song in a few hours while authorities were still searching for the Howards. That's awesome. Um, so time's passing. One of their grandkids offered a $1,000 reward for their return. And like I had just said above, it ran on CBS's morning show. Um, after that, a ton of tips flooded in, but ultimately none of, they were all dead ends. This was still four days before they were found when the morning show aired. 
Finally, on July 12th, after they'd been missing for 13 days, a pair of teenagers were in the Wichita Mountains and quote unquote were walking on a ravine and noticed something. Wichita like Kansas? I might be pronouncing this wrong because I just assumed it was Wichita, but it's not. It's O-U-A Chita. Uchita. Uchita? <laughs> I mean, maybe it is Wichita, but spelled differently. But like, okay, but not in Kansas. No. In Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. Okay, so what are these sketchy little teenagers doing on this ravine? Probably smoking drugs. Yeah. Touching each other. That's literally like in, so I grew up in Pennsylvania and like we would have to go to the park, to the state park to like make out and do drugs. I never did drugs, but to make out. You never even tried a little drugs. Never tried a little drugs. Like just caught coffee and 10 cigarettes one night. 10 cigarettes in one night? Yeah. Oh, because your dad made you? No, no. <laughs> I had a, a very rough night in 2007 in which I smoked 10 cigarettes in a row. And um, probably we'll write a song about it on one day and then we'll do it on the show. Okay, so I'll just be waiting in suspense about what happened that day? I, I guess so. <laughs> It's a show about songs. I know. That's why I'm waiting patiently. Um, okay. So those janky little teens told their parents about what they saw, which is unclear. So the cops come and they search the area. I'm going to send you a picture. Okay. No. You guys want to see a dead body? <laughs> so um, they found the Howard's Oatsmobile at the bottom of a 20 foot cliff off of Arkansas State Highway 7. Oh, so, so the kids saw a car. That's also unclear. Something weird. So also something I read was that like the cops had already searched this area, but they couldn't, they didn't see the car because it was like deep at the bottom of this cliff slash ravine thing. And it was Police behind all of this man. brush. Yeah. So you'll see the image when it comes through. Okay. It's just a car. So it's like a, it's like a maroon Oldsmobile very like classic grandma grandpa car and the front end has just been completely crushed totally smashed it looks like when i smashed my jetta into the median on 95 why what wait what did fastball write a song about it yeah yes it's you're an island i'm an ocean come, <laughs> come on baby what's the commotion um, okay, so there were no skid marks at the top. Of course not. And the officials estimated that they went over the cliff at 50 miles per hour. Five, five zero. Five zero. So, like, that's, you're dead. You're fucking dead. Fun fact, Layla got out of the car. What? Yeah, Raymond's body was still in the car. And Leela was found, like, 20 feet or something. I'm probably going to redo that in a second. Um, from the car, clutching her keys and, like, purse or something. True Music Facts Wednesday blog. Coming at you again. The details of Howard's death were heartbreaking. Raymond's body was still in the car, while Leela's head was about 20 feet away. She was holding her Leela's purse. Leela's head was 20 feet away? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, my God. Burying the lead again. <laughs> Um, okay, Layla was about 20 feet away. She was holding her purse and car keys. After the accident, she had put the car in park, turned off the headlights, or was she driving without headlights? Come on, guy. Yeah, who's to say? Walked around to the passenger side, opened up Raymond's door, 
and then apparently crawled for a few yards before collapsing in the ravine from her injuries. No. The car was in an area that had been searched by Arkansas officials. I already told you this. Um, It was in a lush forest with steep cliffs that had obscured the vehicle from their view. So fun, fun little connection. Um, The Fastball's second single, whose name I couldn't remember, but know it from the grocery store, is called Out of My Head. Was, was it I out, out of my, of my head? head? Was no. out of my mind? Yeah, but the first, the first line of that song is sometimes I feel like I'm drunk behind the wheel. Oh yeah, this guy's just ripping off these people's lives. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hopefully, me singing doesn't make it to air, but oh, it will. That's our theme song. <laughs> um, okay, so this deputy sheriff in Yell County, where they were found, said. You can get lost up here mighty easy. Flying is your only chance of finding them in this terrain unless a coon hunter goes in and there and finds them. I, I'm offended at that, <laughs> at that voice that you did. Why? I don't know. Um, okay, this is the most disturbing thing so far to no! me. This little tidbit came from this person pen named Dr. Frank N. Furter. Okay, love it. On a fandom called Creepypasta? Sure. So I actually had to Google what is a fandom wiki when I was researching this, because I didn't know. Okay. I didn't really find out that much information. That's, that's the most disturbing thing? Was no, 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 no. So, so creepypasta is, is horror fiction. Okay, but this is a true story. Right. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that, is, that is what, cre- you didn't say what creepypasta was. Well, that's I didn't know. Oh, yeah. I was asking you. Oh, I you should phrase it in the form of a question then. Um, <laughs> creepypasta is like people write like scary stories to freak other people out. Okay, well, this guy wrote this creepypasta, but at the top he wrote, this is a true story. And then everything he said was true. Okay. Um, I haven't really quoted him at all, though, because his was just like, you know, there were way better factual accounts until I saw this. He's the only person that said this. Layla and Raymond were later buried next to their respective first spouses. So was my grandfather. That's so fucked up! Yeah, it's super fucked up. Everyone in the family was very mad. So I was like, wait a minute, is this true? So I had to do some little digging, and then I found on findagrave.com Layla's gravestone next to her fucking other husband. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that literally exact thing happened to my grandfather, Moish. Yeah, but he, he demanded, was, like, kind of a dick, right? He was kind of a dick. Yeah. These are, like, two people in love that wanted the highway. Come on. How are you going to well, do them like that? I don't know. Maybe that was part of their will. I think, I think it sucks, but I don't think it's creeping. It's disturbing is what I said. Okay, whatever. Okay, so the way reached number four on Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the Modern Rock Chart and the album All the Pain Money Can Buy went platinum. So uh, there's an interesting musical thing about this song. So the song is in the key of F sharp minor, and the relative major key is D. So for those listening who know music theory, basically all the notes that are in F sharp minor are also in D. Um, And so the verses are all in F sharp minor, right? It's it's kind of a, a dark minor verse and then the chorus it jumps up to d but the interesting thing about it switching to the minor is there is a 
so we have where were they going without ever knowing the way bum anyone can see the road so that that note that e note that anyone starts on is not in the f sharp minor or the d scale so it's like it's it's uh it's like a an interesting melodic yeah what would you call that i don't i don't know it's like it's it's quickly changing it's just like playing something that's out of key briefly but it's i don't know very 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 interesting that's all I have is to it say like rule breaking is it rule breaking um no and it and it, an e natural is in the d major scale i think it just changes so it changes the key a measure before you think it's going to and melodically it sings it doesn't sing the it like goes up to the the root note of d as opposed to starting on the root note of d which is just not something that happens super often he goes anyone can see the road that road is the is the root note of the of the chorus right uh-huh and typically you'd start on the root note of something or on the fifth or on the whatever this is the major second of the it's it's an inter, it's like the melody doesn't make a ton of intuitive sense when it comes to like a pop song which is very very like by the book mm. and so i don't know necessarily if that contributed to the song's success but it does add an interesting texture to the changing from the verse to the chorus the this this does not sound like your typical doo-wop-y pop song no it doesn't no it doesn't i'm sure that there are plenty of other examples but none jump to mind so hal copeland leela's son heard the song and oh shit he said and i quote oh that sounds like mom and mr howard mr, mr. howard, howard. Is, is rough yeah <laughs> Um, so he said this on the KVU interview, and then he said, I liked it. That was it? Yeah. Which I thought was very sweet, but I'm also calling so much bullshit on this. A family of few words, I must say. <laughs> yeah, we know the way. <laughs> okay, so the lyric was, when the car broke down, they started walking. But where were they going without ever knowing the way? I mean, I just think, A, they knew the way. B, their car didn't break down. So what? How right. would you hear this song and be like, "Oh, that sounds like Ma and Mr. Howard"? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think when you're, especially when you're grieving, you might see the, the connections mm. kind of everywhere, and he just just happens to be correct. That's a good point. People are always like attaching their personal lives to song meanings. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that one. Yeah. So they loved it. The kids loved it. They were who are you know the kids are pretty old too and they felt that it was a lovely tribute to their parents now do we care about nominations yeah i think we care about some nominations considering the previous the record from this band sold three thousand copies (laughs) yeah uh so the way was nominated for two grammys best rock performance by a duo or group with vocal, that's a that's a very interesting a weird, word salad yeah, a, category. <laughs> best best with for, wait, say that again. Best rock performance by a duo, a duo or, group. or group with vocal. With vocal, so you could be a band that's instrumental, different category. You yeah. could be a solo rock artist with vocals, 
Also not in this. Ever. Yeah. And best long form music video. And they also got a VMA nom for best new artist in a video. Do you want to watch the video? I've seen the video, but I would love to watch it. Okay. Send you it. Oh, something I wanted to bring up earlier. So in the beginning, there's like this, you know. The radio static. Yeah, with Jewel. Oh, is that Jewel? Is that Save Your Soul? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I've always wondered who that is. Yeah. Case you fail. The first thing that that jumps out at me is the sideburns. (laughs) This guy's sideburns are like fabulous. Um, He looks like he's from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he does a bit. This also does the the song does this thing where like it's it's can radio mixed and then like that when the drums kick in and the bass kick in you have the full phonic mix which is like a very fun gag that I always love. Explain. The vocal and the guitar are processed so all you're hearing is basically like the mid tones and then when the drums and the bass kick in you hear the full sonic spectrum and it's like very very satisfying Mm -hmm. it's like taking a hit of albuterol and you're using your whole lungs which you have never done i have i have i've done albuterol before that's not a (laughs) drug anyone can that note doesn't make sense major (laughs) second it's very low it is yeah so yeah, this was this was in like the high the high times of music videos and like there are a lot of great artistic music videos that are coming out of this time and this is n- not one of them. Not this one is, of them. This is just them like kind of do- doofing around. And I'm I- wondering I'm wondering if they made the video before they knew how big of a hit this was going to be cuz it looks kind of cheap. It does. And the but the the reason I really wanted you to watch it is because I watched it and I was like, why why did this get two major nominations specifically for the video? Yeah, artistically, there isn't a ton about this. This is the year before Rob Thomas and Santana come out with Smooth, Three Doors Down come out with Superman. This was a Woof. weird time for rock and roll, let me tell you. It was. He also, um, so he's playing like a cool 50s Gretsch guitar, like Brian Setzer Orchestra kind of, kind of deal. Is it like the heyday of the Howards? No, I th- I think that they're just like they they have like kind of this rockabilly influence in their mm-hmm. at least in their video that they don't have it seemingly in their personal style. But I think you know whoever directed the video heard the tremolo guitar on the on the recording and was like, I have a great idea. Let's do a fifty style. <laughs> Apparently, it was a great idea. Two critically nominees. acclaimed, critically acclaimed music video. Okay, the VMAs were for best new artist in a video. So, best new artist in a video. The Narrows nominees. It down a little more. Yeah, go ahead. The nut for nineteen ninety eight were. You ready for this? Cherry Pop and Daddies for Zoot Suit Wow, Riot. wow. I bet they were wearing the exact same outfits. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Chumbawamba for Tub Thumping. All right. Fastballs the way. And Mace for Feel So Good. And they all <gasps> lost to Natalie Imbruglia for Torn. Torn. Such a good song. What a great, what a, what a, what a day for us. <laughs> Incredible song. And then the 98 Grammys. So the nominees were Fastball's The Way. Celebrity Skin by Hole. Celebrity Skin. I love that song too. 
Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Heroes by The Wallflowers. But they all lost to Pink by Aerosmith. Shut up. I fucking hate Aerosmith. Aerosmith is objectively horrible. Horrible. <sighs> wow. Pink. Um, so huh? there you go. Pink is my favorite color. I actually really forgot about that song, and, and it was nice to be in my brain without that song. <laughs> to, li- to live your life without that <laughs> yeah. song for a minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the Way appeared in a few movies. Mm. My favorite of the four or so that it was in um, is Summer Catch, which has the exact oh. same plot as The Notebook. But Wait, Summer Catch has the same plot as The Notebook? Oh, yeah, but just a bunch of mass holes. Kevin Smith <laughs> is in The Notebook? Is Kevin Smith in Summer Catch? Isn't he? Summer Catch is like Jessica Biel falls for the poor guy from the other side of the tracks, Freddie Prince Jr. What Kevin Smith movie am I thinking? It's not that he made, he's just in it. Oh, Catch and Release. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. All right. We, that takes place in Colorado. This movie that I'm talking about takes place in Mass Hole. Uh, it has an incredible cast of misfits, including Matthew Lillard, Love Jessica Biel. Okay. Fez from that 70s show. Will, Will, Will Vervalderamo. Something like that. Freddie Prince Jr. and Brittany Murphy. So that's the third time at that point or fourth time that Freddie Prince Jr. worked with Matthew Lillard? So we have She's All That. Mm-hmm. That invented the flash mob. Did it. I mean, sure. <laughs> but did it. Um, what else? Both of the Scooby-Doo movies, which probably had not come out at oh, the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fan. Not Sum- a fan. Summer Catch and Wing Commander. Never heard of it. Wing Commander is a sci-fi movie. It's from 1999, and it stars Freddie Prince Jr., Matthew Lillard, and I want to say Angelina Jolie? No, Saffron Burroughs. No way. Never and heard a, of her. And a bunch of Luxembourgian people, because it was shot in Luxembourg. I saw oh, the movie in the theater. What? Yeah, it's not. It's so Matthew Lillard, Freddie Prince Jr., Saffron Burroughs, and a bunch of Luxembourgian people. Is Fastball the Way in it? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, the other movies that it appeared in was Varsity Blues. Amazing. The other sister. Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm. And Failure to Launch. Texas. I don't know. The other sister is an unwatchable movie now. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't think I ever saw the whole thing. I remember I like seeing parts of it when it. I was a kid and just being like, woof. Um, I saved this best part for last. Okay, I'm very interested. The Way was covered by Alvin and the Chipmunks for their eponymous video game. Stop it. For their video game. <laughs> for their video game? <laughs> this is about two old people dying. Now you get to listen to it. No, okay. Oh, it's like a rock band game. Oh, no. Those chipmunks are not. They look a little too real. They're in the uncanny valley, these chipmunks. Yeah, they look like Kia gerbils or like whatever car gerbil that was. The, yeah, the yes, exactly. It's This is bad. It's atrocious. I didn't even get this far. You have gone way further than I went into Well, I got to watch the whole thing, right? <laughs> So I think we have to play that for the outro. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be playing underneath what I'm talking about right now. So this, so so there's no way for me to prove this, um, but this is so 
like the cadence is so similar to the original, but just pitch shifted up to chipmunk level that I, I'm wondering if they just took the original vocal and shifted it up. Ah. Because usually when someone sings, I guess you can do like a sing-alike, but yeah, I don't know. It like like everything is like syllabically perfect. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds like it's been pitch shifted. So look look this up because there's a Wikipedia page for this album that was like the this, album in the Chipmunks video this, game. Okay. So many songs that I never want to hear Alvin and the Chipmunks sing. Run DMC, it's tricky. Chipmunks version. I'm actually kind of okay with that. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I got. That's all. So so okay. So tell me, how do you feel now? I feel lied to, frankly. I feel like, I mean, I thought the the song made it seem like this couple just kind of vanished without a trace, and also there was like evidence to assume that they like wanted to just disappear which like i get um but it seems like this was a tragedy and and a failing of of like several law Law enforcement enforcement. (laughs) several law enforcement agencies and also um yeah like these people kind of died for no reason and not that there needs to be like journalistic integrity and songwriting but like the song is not what the story is which is interesting no I it's thought not. I knew, but I had no I know. Idea. You were like, I just need to warn you. I know what this song is about. I do, well, I know what the song is about. Kind <laughs> I of. know you did, but I I had some surprises. You did. You certainly did. So that's it for this week's episode. Please come again. Please come again. I've been Aviv. You can listen to my other podcast. I host a podcast called Special Viewing Unit, where I watch every episode of Law & Order SVU in a row. Uh, we're in the middle of season eight. So come on down. And Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at lins.tucker. And uh, I've got a website. It's lindsaytucker.com. So if you're ever interested in all the things I've written up until this very point, you can find that stuff there. Yeah. And I'm at Rambo Calrissian on all of the social media platforms. And check out my band. We're called Jacob the Horse. And we have a new record called College Party Mixtape Volume 1 available everywhere on vinyl and digital. So tune in next week. Do we know what we're going to do next week? Do we? Do it's a we? surprise. I think it's a surprise. And and follow the show on social media. Follow the show on social media at Lyrics for Lunch. Where? Where? Instagram. Twitter. So until next time, goodbye. Peace. Peace.